Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast, downloaded over half a million times in over 145 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 201 of the Australian Hiker Podcast, and in this week's episode, we're going to talk about Christmas gift idea for hikers. It's time already. <laughs> it comes around pretty quickly. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice so that each episode is available as soon as it's published. And if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. Now it's that time of the year again where you start to consider gifts for the special hiker in your life. One comment I would make here is that if you are listening to this podcast, I'd also recommend going through and following along with the written version so you can see what the product looks like. Uh, and if you want to go to the links, uh, you can get a bit more detail as you're following through. In this episode, we focus on the best and brightest products, including those released over the past year. And just because it's Christmas doesn't mean you have to spend up big. In fact, you may not even have to spend any money at all. And in all honesty, it's best to avoid grand gestures unless the gift receiver has been really specific with their request. Think of this from your perspective of getting an expensive gift that you don't really want. If you're not sure, stick to small presents or give gift vouchers. So in this week's episode, we're going to talk about some alternatives for Christmas gift ideas. We hope you enjoy. Now, one comment I would make here before we start talking to specifics is this is the, the second year of the COVID pandemic. From an Australian perspective, we've come out of a series of fires uh, late in 2019, early 2020. And what this has meant over the last couple of years is a drop in production capacity worldwide, and as a result, a drop in availability uh, for a lot of gear and a lot of equipment. I can remember talking to some of the industry suppliers in June, July this year, and one of the comments they actually made uh, outside of the uh, uh, the interview was uh, usually that they'll, they'll often use Christmas to sell off the older stock, they'll have the big pre-Christmas sales, uh, and then the new stock is released early in the new year. And this, by coincidence, just happens to coincide with the US long-distance hiking market, so it works out well. But one of the comments that was made to me was that because uh, production was impacted worldwide, uh, a lot of the warehouses were empty and a lot of the uh, stock availability just isn't there. So it's going to be a really interesting Christmas this year. I think because a lot of businesses are just opening up again, they're likely to want to try and encourage people to come and buy. But whether the sales are there before Christmas is going to be interesting. I think the other thing as well is that uh, we have an issue that we've become so used to buying online over the last 18 months that the postal services like Australia Post and the couriers are struggling to meet 
Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and we we're just a, we and I say probably me here uh, are just as guilty. We we spend a lot of money online as opposed to going into a bricks and mortar store. And what this has meant is we've we've really noticed the delay in deliveries. Sometimes the delivery services are pretty good. They'll will order stock and it'll turn up in a matter of sort of three or four days. But other times the d- the delay is there and it is noticeable. Yeah, some days we don't get any parcels delivered at all. <laughs> so I think one thing to consider, even though we, we traditionally do talk about Christmas gift ideas for hikers uh, in early November, the reason for that, particularly over the last couple of years, if you really want something specific, now is probably the time to start thinking about it. A, to make sure the stock is available, but B, also to make sure that it's going to turn up before Christmas time itself. Yeah, and here we're talking to those who are uh, potentially going to buy gifts and also those who want a gift. So um, we'll we'll flip in and out of that. (laughs) If if you want to pretend that you're buying it for a friend, do that too. (laughs) So the first thing we're going to talk about is $0 gift ideas. Now, this is something that people don't often think about. Uh, I mean, normally we tend to associate buying gifts with spending money. But uh, I think this is probably a really good indication this year for those parents that have been stuck at home homeschooling their kids for the last 12 to 18 months, losing the kids for uh, even a day or sending them off to grandma or the friends is probably a really good Christmas gift. (laughs) Uh, They love them dearly. And it, yeah, and it allows parents to have a bit of alone time, a bit of adult time, particularly if they, as much as they do love their kids, they don't want to spend all the time with them. So offering to take kids uh, for a, a day or a weekend or longer than that. Just the ones that you know, not, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not any kids. Um, is not a bad idea. Other options, things like drop-offs and pick-up services for your hikers to get to and from the trailheads. I know from my perspective, we uh, uh, we went camping last weekend. Uh, we parked at the trailhead and then walked roughly three kilometres into the campsite. It was only a, a short walk. But I must admit, this particular campsite, it's on the edge of the suburb. There's a lot of traffic around. There's houses not that far away. And I must, I must admit, I always do worry about leaving cars just parked there because it's pretty obvious that you're gone for the night. And the car is uh, is you know someone's not going to come back to the car. Uh, it's in a very exposed po- spot. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if you go in the middle of the bush, you don't tend to think about that. Mm-hmm. And the other alternative is allowing your significant other to disappear on a hike they've always wanted to do. And thankfully, this is something Jill does for me quite regularly. Uh, although I think it's it's probably just as much a present. For <laughs> I was just about to say that um, <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> the, ha- the house is clean. Everything's <laughs> where it's supposed to be. Uh, there's not hiking gear all over the place. So these are all options for things you can do without actually having to spend any money. And I think a lot of people do appreciate these. You know, it's you know, as much as buying presents is. You know, sometimes you don't have an option, uh, but you know, it's a, not the only alternative. Yeah, and I think another one is that you can offer to go hiking with someone who doesn't have a partner or, you know, their partner might be temporarily out of action uh, for whatever reason and that's another nice thing to do for someone that uh, won't won't cost you any money and uh, will give you a lot of joy. From there we move on to gift vouchers. Now, 
comment with gift vouchers tends to be that it's very impersonal. People know what you've spent. And yeah, I think this is the way that weddings have gone. Uh, I know with a lot of the weddings we've gone to over the last few years, giving cash uh, is seems to be the the thing that most younger people want. The, uh, the wishing well. The wishing well, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think from a, a perspective of hiking is if you have some fairly major expenses and you don't necessarily have the ability to buy that amazing tent or that really flash GPS, uh, donations from friends and relatives can be a big help of that. And I think the other thing is that, you, you you know, you can get what you really want as well. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's certainly um, a range of gift vouchers available. Uh, most bricks and mortar stores will have online sales. They'll do gift vouchers. One of our affiliate stores, uh, which we've uh, joined forces with this year, is MacPack. And MacPack have a range of different images that can go on the uh, the printed gift cards. So you can get hiking uh, gift cards, you can get rock climbing gift cards. So it's just uh, sort of taking that that one step further. But you know, whichever way you go, there's plenty of options and plenty of alternatives. And the biggest thing I've noticed over the last couple of years is hiking stores used to do set limits. They used to do a $25 or $50 or $100 gift card. Now most of the stores will allow you, if you want to spend $33.94, they'll let you do that. Uh, and I think they realise that you know, by limiting people to a particular uh, value, they potentially lose customers, uh, and this allows them to uh, come up with an amount that suits you. Yeah, so that, I think that's a good point. So the 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 value of the gift suits you, and uh, getting the gift means you can get what suits you. From there, we move up to spending money in, in reality here, and this is gift ideas under $20. And there's plenty of things to buy in that sort of category. Some of the things that we've purchased just recently probably fall into this category, and one of them is things like the Cedar Summit First Aid Dry Sack. Um, I've ended up buying two of these just recently. Because you can never have too many First Aid Dry Sacks. <laughs> well, it's this was a new product, and it was a bit of a uh, what size do I need? Uh, and they produce these dry sacks in a one, a three, and a five-litre size. And funnily enough, they also call these a day uh, a day hiking size, a an overnight, a camping size, and then an expedition size. And that's really what they are. So my original purchase was the one-litre pack, and it was, while I can actually fit everything in, in there, it is snug, and I can't quite get enough roll on top to really make it a waterproof sort of sack. So the one litre size is going to become my day pack first hiking uh, kit, uh, and I'll put everything in there that I need for a day, Uh, whereas the three litre size will become my multi-day or or multi-week expedition trip. Uh, And for that, I really needed at least a two litre size. So the the three litre will fit quite comfortably. The ever-favourite one tends to be freeze-dried meals. Now, I know not everyone likes freeze-dried meals, but they're just easy. Uh, I know a lot of people prefer to make their own dehydrated food, but for those people that are planning on trips, they tend to say, right, I'm going on a trip in two or three weeks, and they'll start making food. For me, having a range of freeze-dried meals in a cupboard at home means that if I decide, right, next weekend I'm going to go camping – I've got the food there without having to think about it. And these days, it's not unusual for me to have probably 
15 to 20 packs at home. Uh, and I must admit, I did go full on last year when we shut down for the first pandemic. Uh, we we bought a big batch of meals. <laughs> uh, we thought, well, you know, things things don't work out. We can't get to the supermarket. The freeze dried meals are a good option. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we needed all of that dal though, because uh, or, or the cauliflower, the cauliflower dal. Um, being locked up and eating all of that dal wouldn't have been good. So it's the sort of thing that you know. If as long as you know what people's food tastes are like, and most manufacturers of freeze-dried meals tend to make their meals slightly on the blander side because that's what the average person likes. There are some spicy ones, uh, but you're better off avoiding those unless you've got a real, real spice lover as a friend or family member. Next thing which has been on this list for a couple of years now is the GSI Essential spoon long handle and they do a short version of this as well this is a long handle spoon it's plastic uh, and it's got a rubberized head on it and one of the things i like about this is i'm not a big fan of eating with metal spoons i mean even though we do that at home when we're eating eating food <laughs> yeah uh, saying that sounds just really silly now doesn't it it does but <laughs> but it, it, this is such a more comfortable spoon you know, yeah it you, is. you can put it in your mouth it's not hard it works really well with everything except sort of frozen peanut butter uh, or peanut butter when it's zero <laughs> it degrees. Just, yeah, it just uh, bends a bit too much, doesn't it? It does. But, yeah, these are a, a wonderful spoon. It's been my spoon of choice for around about four years now, uh, and I've yet to come across something that's 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 going to replace it. So, yeah, it's been on sale for that long as well, so it's obviously doing the right thing. One of the newer products that hit the market this year uh, from Cedar Summit was the Cool Grip X mug, and they also do an X cup. Now, the X mug is 480 mils in capacity, which is a, a large drink. Uh, the X cup is a slightly smaller version of that. And what they've done is they've taken the uh, X mugs, uh, and by calling them cool grip, they've gone through and put uh, rubberized veining on the outside of the cup, which means when you hold it, it doesn't matter if what's inside is boiling. Uh, and I, I know from using the X mugs for a few years, when they were boiling hot, you had to be creative how you held it and you typically tended to hold the rim uh, and not have your hand directly on the mug itself. And I think even with any kind of liquid with the previous one, it was easy to um, squash it if you held it a little bit too tightly. On this one, it's a bit more difficult to squash the mug um, while you've got the liquid in the mug and the other thing I would say is um, I think I made a comment about the previous one that the the rim the lip of the cup was a bit industrial this rim is a little bit less industrial it's just it's just nicer to eat drink out of so depending on which size you want as I said you could go for the x mug or you can go for the smaller x cup now the next ever favourite, I suppose, is DVDs or Blu-rays. Now, I know many people, and we include, or are included in this, we, we were late to streaming. We already only started going into streaming. In lockdown. Uh, in lockdown, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and uh, uh, we, we certainly do save a lot of money from what we used to spend on DVDs. Streaming for us is cheaper. Uh, but one of the things with a lot of the hiking movies, you know, things like Wild uh, is probably one of those movies you'll get on a streaming service. But there's a number of the hiking movies 
that aren't so well known, that are not as easy to find, and DVDs might be the only option you've got to find these. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I noticed that noticed that the price of the DVDs is actually dropping. So while I've included these in the under twenty dollar category, really there's uh, a, a number of them that are only sort of five or six dollars. Because they're being sold off, Tim. <laughs> yeah, well, I think so. But, yeah, it's there are also a number of people, particularly older people, uh, that still are very much into DVDs. Uh, and I have a very large DVD collection at home because there are some TV series and movies that I watch multiple times a year. Uh, and it's, sometimes it's just easy if the internet's down. You just put a, a disc in a, a player and away you go. And I think also if if you're an avid watcher of a particular um, film or series, it's probably cheaper to actually do it via DVD or Blu-ray anyway, I think. If you go to the written version of this podcast, we've got links to everything we're talking about, and particularly in the case of DVDs and Blu-rays, We've done a, a collection that does a quick overview on what each of these are, uh, and it'll take you back to a full review about what we really thought about them. Um, so, again, I think things like Wild and A Walk in the Woods are probably something that every hiker should watch at least once uh, because it's a, it's a great, they're great little movies. From here, we bump up to the $20 to $40 range, and I've included books in this sort of category. Uh, you can get books that are under $20, but most of them sort of seem to be $20 upwards. Up until um, the last few years, we tried to review one book a month. Uh, this year, because I was doing so much reading from a work perspective uh, and I had so much else that was on my plate, uh, I think I've only reviewed about four books this year. Uh, but uh, certainly, you know, there's a lot of books and they're all still available uh, and again, particularly some of them do still come from overseas. Uh, but you know, for those people that are into reading, uh, there's a range of books going from kids' books to cartoon-style books and also biographical books as well. Tent pegs also fall into this category. This or- is a really weird gift to give someone for Christmas, Tim. <laughs> oh, I don't know, actually. The, um- yeah, take, take this sharp metal thing <laughs> and do something with it. Yeah, uh, giving someone one tent peg is probably not going to be- <laughs> Work well unless, unless you're doing secret Santa and you've got to, you've got to limit how much you're going to spend. So in this sort of category, we're talking about the MSR hook tent stakes, and these, as far as these hook type stakes, are probably the top uh, of the range for this type of tent peg. Uh, six tent pegs, twenty five dollars sixty five. So you're looking at around about what five dollars under five dollars fifty per pe- per peg. So yeah, if you've got a secret Santa and you've got a price limit. Good way to do it. You get, you get to keep the rest of them as well. From here, we move on to something just a bit different. And just over the last week or so before we released this podcast, we've gone through and partnered with Buff and done a custom Buff. Uh, we're big fans of Buffs, uh, but a lot of the Buffs tend to be, uh, the Australian Buffs tend to be the Australian flag or the Eureka flag or they'll have a kangaroo on them. We've decided to do something iconic and put a wattle uh, in flower uh, on the buff as well. So this is something just a bit different. Uh, and the aim is to do a release at least once a year or on average once a year. Uh, and we've got a, a couple of uh, our next ideas already lined up uh, as well. But that'll be sort of 12 months down the track. So these have been just released over the last few days. 
And we're pretty pleased to have them. They're the original uh, Buff, so they were made and printed by Buff, uh, not purchased from Buff and then printed somewhere else. So they've come straight from Buff and uh, we're pretty happy that they're available. Shifting into the $40 to $100 category, we've got a range of products through here. Every hiker, unless you're just doing the urban walks and not leaving the city, every hiker should have a compass with them. Uh, And there's a range of compasses from the cheaper end of the range to the really expensive. Uh, But certainly down the lower end of the range, the Sunto A30, which is under $50, is a great compass, does the job really well. Uh, And again, this is the compass I typically take on most of my hikes. Uh, I'll tend to save my more upmarket compasses for doing something a bit more complex or I'm doing serious wayfinding rather than just just checking to see where I am. The next in this category is arcade belts, and I'm now the proud owner of two of these. Jill's still only got the one. (laughs) They're breeding. (laughs) They're breeding, yeah. Uh, And Arcade's actually gone through and released an extra long belt this year, which will suit up to a a 50-inch waist. Uh, The normal size waist is roughly up to around about a 40, 42-inch waist, Uh, and they're sold as the world's most comfortable belt, and they really are very, very comfortable. Typically with these belts, I leave them permanently on my hiking pants. When the pants get washed, the belts get washed as well. Um, I just can't be bothered taking them off, and I'm usually wearing the same pair of pants on all my hikes anyway. Uh, Um, It is important to do the belt buckle up, otherwise it clangs around in the washing machine a little bit, but you probably wouldn't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Pillows are another good option. Now, you're either a pillow user or you're not, and from my perspective, I will use pillows when I'm car camping, when I'm doing just a single overnight trip, and weight is not such a big issue. When I'm doing multi-week trips, I tend to be creative and use my clothing pack as a pillow, Uh, but I certainly do appreciate using pillows. Uh, They just do help me get a better night's sleep. Uh, And again, from sea to summit, the Eris Premium Pillow uh, at around about or just under $70 is quite a good pillow. Back into the tent peg range again, and here we because you can never have too many never have too many tent pegs uh, into the MSR Groundhog tent peg, and this is probably the world's best known tent peg. Uh, If you talk about groundhogs uh, and in relation to tent pegs, people will or hikers who have been around for a while will know what you mean. These are a Y stake; Uh, they are an extremely high quality stake, and they're. Certainly the mainstay of my hiking kit uh, and a pack of six is roughly under $60. So $10 a peg, they're not cheap. But even though you can get cheap and cheaper lookalike versions or cheaper lookalike copies, these things, providing you don't lose, lose them, will last for many, many years. I've never actually destroyed a groundhog tent peg, whereas I have destroyed copy versions. You certainly tried. You tried. Yeah, yeah. From here, we go on to things like magazines, and Australia has two magazines that are the main, mainstream, I suppose, magazines that are produced. One is Great Walks magazines, and the other one is Wild. Uh, they both are slightly different in what they aim themselves at. Wild tends to be more an outdoor adventure magazine with a main focus on hiking and walking, whereas Great Walks very much is. Uh, on walking base. 
Uh, I subscribe to both. I think they're both great magazines. Whichever one you go for is a good option. And again, if, uh, if you've got someone that's getting into hiking, even though you still have the option of getting digital versions of these rather than hard copies, I still like getting uh, a paper magazine in the mail. Uh, although I'm sure that's progressively shifting over towards uh, the electronic versions these days. Now onto headlamps or headlights. There are so many good headlamp options on the markets these days, and we own, and I, I think I've lost track of how many we own. I think I think we're around about six or seven headlights. We did actually give a couple away to relatives this year because they had uh, <laughs> children going on uh, overnight trips, and we thought, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll give them a couple of lights. But there are certainly some really good choices around. And one of the, it's almost a bit unique in some respect, is the BioLite 330 headlamp. When it first was released, it was a split system where you had the lighting unit on the front and the battery on the back. And at that stage, most other lights were all pretty much all out the front. The advantage of going as a split system is it balances the weight. It makes it very lightweight. And certainly with this light, it is really comfortable to wear. The downside tends to be that if you're the person, the sort of person that likes lying on your back with your head on a pillow, it's not the most comfortable thing in the no, world. No, that's not going to work. Having said that, though, I, for whatever reason, I cannot lie on my back and hold an iPad or a book in front of me. I just cannot do it. I always tend to lie on my side or I'll, or I'll, I'll read sitting up. But again, it's so it's not really an issue that I have to worry about and have my have the back of the battery pack digging into my head. Yeah, there's no no need to demonstrate here, Tim, because people can't see you. <laughs> Just as you were saying that you were leaning to one side. <laughs> okay, now going over over a hundred dollars and up to, up to three hundred dollars, and again, this is a quite a big range through here. For the coffee lovers, the Wakao Nano Espresso. If you really do like coffee, this is probably the best coffee-making option on trail. It is not the lightest option. No, uh, but it, it's good coffee. Yeah, it's a heavy unit, uh, but particularly for one or two-day hikes or if you really do love coffee, I, I love coffee, but I refuse to drink cheap and nasty coffee and no matter how, how lightweight it is. So this is a, certainly a good option and it gives you – it's almost a, a mini espresso machine is probably the way best way to compare it to. I don't tend to add milk to this. I just basically go through and make it, and you get that strong black coffee, but it's a really flavorful sort of coffee as well. Now, depending on where you buy this from, I've seen these advertised for anywhere between $70 and $110. So have a look online, see what's available, and see what's on sale because you can get some really good deals on these. And as I said, if you don't mind carrying the weight and quality of coffee is more important, this is the way to go. Next, we move on to knives, to the Dejo Tattoo Naked Topography Knife. I've been using this knife now for four years, and I'll be honest, I lost one of these. Uh, having said that, I didn't lose it. I know exactly where I left it. Uh, I left it in one of the shelters on the Bibbleman track. So I came back and bought another one. Uh, these are a lightweight strip-back knife. They're a work of art. From my perspective, I will always carry a knife. It's a handy tool to have. Uh, I do use it for cutting food. Uh, and certainly on my longer hikes, I tend to, for the first couple of days, I'll carry a 250-gram block of cheese and I'll use it for cutting the cheese up. 
but you know it's it's a good handy thing whenever you need a knife to cut. Jetboil zip cooking system is the next one the, the, in this sort of category, and it's under $170. There are so many stoves on the market, they all fill their own particular niche. Uh, but from my perspective, the zip is one I tend to use when I'm solo hiking. Size-wise, it fits quite well. It's relatively cheap, and it's relatively lightweight. I know people will often prefer to use standalone gas stoves and add their own pot, and from my experience on trail, the jet boils aren't as common as the, the standalone little gas stoves. But from my perspective, they're convenient and they're easy. Uh, I just don't have to think too much about them. Uh, and they are relatively wind protected. You can certainly get bigger stoves. You can certainly get different brands. MSR also produced one called the Windburner, which is a much more expensive stove. Um, but it's also in a different price category as well. So really uh, having a, a jet boil is one of the rites of passage, I think, for a lot of hikers. Uh, but as I said, you won't see as many of these types of stoves in the market or out on trail as you will the others. One of the most popular searches that occurs on our website is the Cedar Summit Etherlite XT sleeping mat. Uh, so Cedar Summit, which we've mentioned a few times on this podcast episode, is a, an Australian company uh, based in Western Australia. Now, the Etherlite sleeping mat is not the lightest weight sleeping mat on the market, but it is very comfortable. It is very quiet. Um, <laughs> uh, it, uh, people often criticise some brands of sleeping mats for being really noisy. No, they just uh, criticise the people who are thrashing about on them, Tim. So if you're a restless sleeper, these mats are really good. They're thick, they're comfortable. Uh, and you know, they're a very good mat and particularly good option for a car camping mat. Uh, you know, if, again, if you want the lightest weight mat, this is not it. If you want a comfortable mat uh, that's quiet, this is a really good option. One thing that's new to this list, or particularly new to this list this year, is the Rumpel Nanoloft Puffy One-Person Blanket. In fact, we got ours, it would have been in mid-2019, so it's coming up to two years now. This is aimed at one person, but Jill and I use this quite often at home just sitting on the couch rather than turning the heater up. Or, if, again, if we're car camping, it's a really good quilt. So we can actually put it either under ourselves or over the top, uh, and it works quite well. Yeah, and even though it's a one person, it's, a, it's quite a generous size as well. So you could wrap yourself in it or you could cuddle someone special under it. And Rumpel do actually do two people, two person versions of these mats. Uh, but as I said, we, we have come to love this uh, and it gets used very, very regularly. Now we shift up to gift ideas, $300 to $1,000. Uh, and this is where you're starting to get ex expensive. This is not the, the spur of the moment present. You buy someone without first checking with them. Really, if you're going to buy someone a present in this category, you want to know exactly what they want. Uh, and the first of those we've got listed here is the Cedar Summit Spark 2 sleeping bag. That's the bag that I purchased uh, earlier this year. And it is pretty much my catch-all sleeping bag. Uh, it'll do me for just about every hike I do. Um, if I'm doing something in extreme cold, I'll add a thermal liner. Uh, and if it's really hot, 
I'll unzip it and just use it um, half zipped. Uh, or if it's really, really hot, then I'll just go through and bring the, the rumple quilt that we just talked about. Uh, but for me, this sort of fits the, the sweet spot. If, it, if I'm only going to purchase one bag, this was my choice. The Garmin InReach Explorer, which has been around for a few years, um, also falls into this category and is one of these sort of presents that is just as so much a, a present for the giver as well as the receiver. So this is the device I take when I go solo hiking. Uh, it allows Jill to follow where I am and to see where I am. Uh, I can put a time delay on this of 10 or 20 minutes. I can put on almost real time or a couple of minutes uh, delay on this. So you know, if I'm sitting there not going anywhere, Jill knows where I am at best within two minutes, uh, at worst within 20 minutes. And the idea of the time delay is if you're uh, – what in my case, I go through and make this public. Uh, it gives me a bit of lag. So you know where I am within 20 minutes, but you don't know exactly where I am. So it gives you a bit of security and privacy. And, you know, from my perspective, I think um, you've had it for a few years now and um, it's done a few kilometres uh, with you and it's been great for me when I'm not with you um, to follow along. Now, a word of warning here, there is a subscription service here with this, so you not just you don't just have the purchase price. Uh, from my perspective, I have this running 12 months of the year. Uh, I, use, I use it on the $25 a month subscription. When I go on my long-distance trips or I go away, I'll tend to use, I'll upgrade it and then downgrade it again the following month. So you do have the ability to bump it up when you need to and bump it down when you don't need to. This is a product that's become hard to find at the moment. And again, this is a bit of a, 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 a casualty of the pandemic. Uh, and I know talking to people that they are struggling to find these. Uh, you still can find them uh, and it, they still are available, uh, but they're not as readily as available as they used to be. There is a cheaper version of this one. Uh, and I must admit, I, I like this, this particular model uh, and the main reason for that is it's got the best battery life out of any of the Garmin's. Garmin have gone through and brought out a new model, which is a better, it's exactly the same. It has a much better mapping system on it uh, and a much more detailed mapping system, but the battery life is nowhere near as good. So from, from, from my usage, I prefer to have something that I can get around about eight days worth of use out of without having to recharge it, and this fits the bill. Last but not least is the Sunto 9 Baro Black, and this is a hiking style or an outdoor style watch. Its main claim to fame is for ultramarathons, so the 100-kilometre-plus races, and the reason they are aimed at that style of activity is it's got an exceptionally good battery life. And this was my main reason for buying this particular model was, again, I can get, uh, I normally find that I'll get around about eight to nine, 10 days with a battery life out of this without having to recharge. You can turn the GPS on at any stage uh, and it's a really good health watch. Uh, not as good as the Fitbits or the, the Apples, but for an outdoor watch, I think this is the, the pick of the crop. As I said, there are plenty of other options available in this category, but ultimately, if you want 
the best battery life or some of the best battery life on the market, this is a great option. They normally recommended retail for these is just under $1,000, but you can usually find these available much cheaper. There really is no end to what you can buy Avid Hikers in your life. Uh, just pay attention to the strategically spaced gear reviews laying around the house or the open magazines or the partner talking about a particular uh, model or product. Uh, and I think Jill's used to that. When I'm looking at buying a new tent, which we've done just recently, I spend months researching. I'll be talking about it. The web, web page is always open to it. So Jill knows exactly what I'm looking at. And then I don't even take the hint and it just turns up. It's an, one of those boxes that turn up on the doorstep. One comment I would make here is that while you can buy cheaper products uh, occasionally from supermarkets or from overseas websites, the products we've talked about have come from what you class as mainstream suppliers and manufacturers that have spent the time and the resources developing the products for the market. Uh, I often see tents advertised on overseas websites uh, and they are really cheap uh, but I'd rather have a tent that I know will cope with extreme conditions uh, that will last well that I can find spare parts for really easily. Uh, so I tend to go for the brand names. While we do occasionally get given free gear, uh, usually uh, it's we do purchase most of the gear ourselves uh, and we go through the same process that everyone goes through about is this pro the product for us and what's and is this something that's going to suit us? Is it does it fit? Is it the right color? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's that's basically it. Now, one of the things we haven't talked about is you know we talked about videos and DVDs, uh, and as we said, streaming really has become very common these days. So one thing that you could possibly look at is things like. Uh, subscriptions to the National Geographic channel or the Outdoor channels. Um, you know, these are something, you know, there are so many streaming services available these days. Um, it's almost like where do you draw the line or do you get everyone? Uh, but you know, sometimes as my, I do like watching the National Geographic channel, but we don't have a subscription for it. Uh, so it's always when I'm visiting friends that, that have it that we tend to watch it. There's really no end to what you can do as far as providing gifts for people. The main thing is just to be creative. And I think also um, be, be, be mindful and caring and, you know, you don't have to spend a lot of money to make a statement about the fact that this person is important to you or that you've listened to what they've said or you've taken notice of the strategically placed hints around the house. Um, and, you know, for you, if you're wanting to guide others in your household, in your family, around gifts that you might like, uh, might like them to get for you, um, then think about it in terms of that sense of generosity and that time to, you know, remember what it's what the gift giving is really all about. Okay, we hope you've enjoyed this uh, brief overview of the possibilities of hiking-related uh, presents for that special person, even if it happens to be yourself. <laughs> You're the special person. We, we, we hope that whoever gives you a gift, uh, that they give you the thing that you want for Christmas this year uh, and that you get a chance to get out on trail and use it. 
That's all for us this week. We hope you've enjoyed. Bye for now. And bye from me.